I'm back. On right now with Jim Dawes. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture. From an America first perspective. On the Mojo 5.0 radio network. And streaming on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You can follow me on Twitter right now, Jim Dawes. Or shoot me an email at rightnowjimdaws at gmail.com. We've got a voicemail set up, and you can leave your call that we may use on a future broadcast at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Well, I'm back. I had to step away from the microphone for uh, about a week last week, and those listening on uh, Mojo heard best of shows, and those uh, going to the podcast saw that uh, I was on a unscheduled hiatus. I went up to Georgia um, weekend before last, expecting uh, just to be a weekend trip, and circumstances overtook me, and I ended up having to be away from the microphone for the entire week. So uh, I haven't had the opportunity to comment on some of the very uh, substantial uh, news stories that have come out since then. And you may have uh, thought that you've heard everything that is to be said on Trump's remarks about, uh, you know, given to George Stephanopoulos about taking information from uh, foreign sources and, and also the escalation of tensions in the Persian Gulf. Uh, I've monitored the news very carefully, and I urge you to listen to this show because uh, some of the very important salient points regarding to these these two stories have not been covered, and uh, I think it's important for you to hear it. So with regard to the escalation of tensions in the Persian Gulf, and specifically in the Straits of Hormuz, where Iran has undoubtedly been uh, uh, attacking shipping and trying to interfere with the freedom of navigation that the United States Navy has sworn to uphold, um, it is quite clear that uh, what they're trying to do, Iran, is to turn the international community against the United States' imposition of sanctions on the Islamic regime there uh, by uh, threatening a wider uh, conflagration there in the Middle East. The truth of the matter is uh, we have the Iranian regime on the ropes. Uh, they have nothing else to do at this point but uh, risk an escalation of a conflict with the United States. And, uh, and they should not be allowed to do what they're doing. It does not um, require a broader war in the Middle East. The, the uh, Iranian mullahs have been engaging in exporting terrorism uh, non-stop, well, at least for the last 25 years, and they're going to continue to do that. They, they do not uh, dare engage in a broader war, but what they want to do is escalate tensions in order to try to get um, the Europeans and, uh, and the others to uh, undermine the American resistance. Now, I've got a little bit of experience in this. I was uh, actually over in the Persian Gulf in the after, or during and and in the immediate aftermath of the Iranian hostage crisis, when Jimmy Carter foolishly allowed the Shah of Iran to be deposed 
and uh, and then allowed the return of the Ayatollah Khomeini, who promptly took the American embassy in Tehran and its uh, its staff hostage. Which, of course, um, the military um, mounted a rescue effort. It had uh, a glitch in it where one of the helicopters uh, uh, went down in the desert. Whereupon Jimmy Carter lost his nerve and immediately pulled the plug on the whole operation, making fools of uh, the American military and embarrassing the United States on the national stage and empowering the mullahs in, uh, in Tehran to, uh, to continue to confront the United States. So I spent uh, months and months, I think we were deployed at one point for 60 straight days, one of the longest uh, continuous deployments uh, in naval, U.S. Navy uh, history, uh, patrolling the, uh, the Straits of Hormuz, and uh, we were, you know, going up directly against the regime in Iran and also against their Russian supporters back in those days. It was the Soviet Union, of course. So we were doing boarding parties. We would uh, occasionally have to uh, sink Iranian vessels as they uh, challenged and probed the United States um, operation, the, the fleet over there. And they were doing everything they could to try to, uh, to escalate tensions in order to undermine the uh, international support for America's, uh, America's operations. They're doing it again. It's very reminiscent of uh, what they did in the, uh, the late uh, 70s and right up until the mid-80s. And, uh, and I think the response should be the same. Uh, Ronald Reagan back in those days... Um, mounted a very robust and muscular response to the Ayatollahs. Uh, when they dared to challenge the Navy, the Navy did not back down. They sank um, Iranian vessels, conducted boarding parties, and basically just took control of the, uh, of the Persian Gulf and, and the Straits there. And what uh, what... Iran is trying to do with this current escalation is uh, make uh, our allies fear a larger war in the Middle East and hope to undermine our uh, our sanctions against Tehran. I think what should happen, we should not engage in a larger war, but uh, if and when we catch Iran trying to uh, cause trouble and, and interfere with the freedom of navigation there in the Persian Gulf, we should not content ourselves with uh, retaliating against the actual units that are conducting the attacks. We should determine where those units originate from and, um, and blow those, uh, those installations, those naval bases, uh, all to hell. Now, uh, it does not, we may even want to give them some heads up that we're about to do it because they are, uh, they are no, no position to stop it. We should tell them that, you know, uh, in, in so many hours, uh, this, this base is going to come under attack and you ought to evacuate your people immediately. And if, uh, if Iran tries to use its, um, its air defense systems, in order to stop our cruise missiles, I don't think they can. But if they do, if they if they try to respond in kind, 
then we should take out those uh, those air defense installations as well. It'll actually be a very uh, interesting learning experience about whether or not um, you know uh, the 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 level of sophistication that those Russian supplied air defense systems are able to uh, to demonstrate. I suspect they're not nearly as capable as what they're being represented. But if they are, it would be good to know. And if it's if they're not, it would also be good to know. And if they deploy those air defense systems, it would be a good opportunity for us to remove those from the, from the board as well. So uh, Mike Pompeo and, uh, and the uh, Department of Defense and the president and John Bolton, God help us, have been pointing out that this, uh, this attack was obviously coordinated uh, by the uh, Iranian mullahs and, you know, the, the left likes to bandy about the term treason. They've accused the president of treason because he said that, uh, you know, he might accept information from foreign sources on political opponents. And they've accused him of treason when they said that he was a puppet for Vladimir Putin that uh, the Mueller report dispelled. As a matter of fact... The Democrats and their mouthpieces in the media never miss an opportunity to accuse President Trump of treason. Well, if you want some real examples of treason undermining America's position in uh, um, conflicts with hostile foreign powers, you need to look no further than the front pages of the New York Times and the Washington Post this last weekend when it uh, questioned whether or not, in fact, these attacks had been um, uh, against international shipping. I think it was a, uh, a Japanese oil tanker and, uh, and a Panamanian-flagged oil tanker. The New York Times and the Washington Post went on there and <clears throat> wrote extensive stories about whether or not this administration could be believed when its intelligence determined with videotape that the Iranians had uh, conducted these attacks. They had videotape of Iranian units removing magnetic uh, charges from the side of one of these tankers. They keep calling these charges mines. They are not mines. They are magnetic charges that were manually placed, and apparently one of them did not detonate. And Iran had to go over and remove one of these magnetic um, charges from the side of one of the tankers to destroy the evidence. And they were filmed doing so. But the New York Times and the Washington Post um, wrote these extensive stories saying, well, we really can't trust what this president is telling us about this. And uh, the international community uh, has determined that this president lacks credibility. Of course, this was a self-fulfilling prophecy by the New York Times and the Washington Post because they're the ones that are raising the questions attacking this administration's credibility. It's really quite amazing the president went on and and, uh, and tweeted out that they were, in, in fact, engaged in what he called virtual treason. I wouldn't say it's virtual treason. It's actual treason. 
You had the New York Times and the Washington Post and their mouthpieces at CNN and MSNBC actually stating that, uh, inf- that it was a possibility that, that these attacks were ginned up by the Trump administration. Absolutely shameful. And they didn't stop there. The New York Times published an extensive story claiming to expose uh, a escalation in the cyber warfare against Russia, saying that uh, current and former intel of- officials, I suspect John Brennan, told them that the United States had uh, escalated its cyber um, measures against Russia by implanting malware in their power distribution system, their electrical distribution system. Now, whether or not that's true, we don't in fact know. But if it is true, and even if it's not true, I suppose, the New York Times going on and revealing this kind of information from leaks from the intelligence community is the same as divulging troop movements or troop strengths. This is, in fact, the definition of treasonous behavior. New York Times claims in its uh, story that uh, uh, these current and former intelligence officials inform them that there is no damage to be done justifying their publication. But obviously, these are the same uh, intelligence leakers that are, in, that are uh, breaking the law and undermining the American position. What I suspect this story of the New York Times, or of the uh, um, American cyber forces, um, you know, expanding its capability to disable the power grid in Russia is all about, is sort of a shot over the bow to um, Bill Barr and John Durham's investigation into the origins of the Russia probe. So what happened was uh, the Department of Justice under John Durham has started uh, demanding interviews of members of the CIA to determine what in fact went on with the uh, origins of the Russia probe where John Brennan was coordinating with foreign intelligence agencies in order to gen up a rationale for for um, spying on the Trump campaign. And as soon as that happened, we get these leaks to the New York Times and the Washington Post about uh, increased tensions with Russia. This is how they play the game. Seven ways till Sunday that you, you hear them talk about of getting back at you. So apparently, whether this story is true or disinformation, it was designed to embarrass the Trump campaign and is... Uh, it appears to me to be retaliation for John Durham's uh, insistence that uh, some of the CIA operatives that were there at the beginning of this uh, Russiagate hoax sit down for an interview. But whether it's the, the situation in the Persian Gulf or these increased cyber efforts in Russia... 
what's quite clear is the New York Times and the Washington Post are operating at odds with American national interests and their fervored pursuit of bringing down this president. They've lost all objectivity. They've lost all professional standards. They've lost all sense of hypocrisy. They went on and on about how this president, um, you know, was committing treason by uh, saying that he might accept information from a foreign government when, in fact, they are the ones that published extensive information provided by Russia and Russian intelligence sources in the form of the Steele dossier. And their hypocrisy really knows no bounds. So I've got a clip here from you. This is uh, the first one is um, Lindsey Graham. He appeared on Fox with Judge Janine, and he's talking about um, what should be our response to these Iranian provocations in the Persian Gulf. So let me tell you, here's what's going on. They're feeling the pressure and they're pushing back. We've got them in a corner. They're a wounded cage animal. The Ayatollah is a religious Nazi. If he had a bomb, he would use it against Israel. He would destroy us if he could. He's trying to reshape Islam in his own radical image. Our, the Iranian people are not our enemy, but this religious theocracy is. So what has Trump done? Got out of a bad deal. I learned growing up in a bar in South Carolina, my parents owned a bar. If a guy's threatened to cut your throat, don't buy him a knife. The hundred $50 billion deal that Obama gave uh, to Ayatollah was used to build up his war machine, and Trump got out of the deal, put sanctions on Iran. They're hurting. They're trying to break our will. To President Trump, do not let them take over the Straits of Hormuz. Yeah. Keep the pressure on, and if they continue to do this, sink their navy like Ronald Reagan did back in the 80s. All right. Because- well, that's a bit of an exaggeration. We did not sink their Navy back in the 1980s. We did sink some of their attack craft that they had sent out to probe and test the United States Navy's resolve. But sinking the Iranian Navy is certainly uh, something that should be on the table. Now, I'm not advocating for a wider war in the Middle East. Um, I think uh, I think the United States should uh, basically get out of the Middle East as far as uh, being on the ground there. But uh, the United States Navy does have a, a mandate to keep the navigation, uh, the uh, lanes of navigation open, and they should not back down from that. Uh, the truth of the matter is um, the Iranians are capable of doing better, very, very little damage to the United States Navy. And if they were to, God forbid, sink one of our ships then they would know uh, that the response would be so overwhelming that, um, that, uh, they, that they may not survive it. But um, we definitely cannot have the lunatic mullahs over there attacking uh, ships that are transiting the Persian Gulf in international waters. More of this clip with Lindsey Graham. Because the Strait of Hormuz is, is a vital link to the world uh, 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 economy, and they only understand strength. Trump has put ISIS in a box and nailed it shut. Don't let them out. He has put Iran on the run. He has taken on China. He's got Maduro on the ropes. I love this man's foreign policy. Yeah. Keep the Ayatollah on the ropes. Well, President Trump ought to be very careful about how he uh, listens, how much he listens to Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham is right that we've got to keep keep those uh, sea lanes open, but 
Lindsey Graham is sort of in the uh, mode of um, John McCain, whose knee he learned at, that he's never seen a, a, a foreign conflict that he does not want to engage in or stay into or, uh, or never uh, leave. So I played you that clip because uh, Lindsey Graham referred to <clears throat> the, the hostilities we had back in the 80s. I think it was 79 through about 84 with Iran. This is, as I say, very reminiscent of that. I've got some firsthand experience on what went down over there. The United States Navy is perfectly capable of uh, achieving its mission to keep the sea lanes open without a broader conflict in the region. Now, if Iran lashes out at Saudi Arabia or Iraq or any other place, then that uh, that's something that, uh, that they, they will have to deal with in the in the region. But we cannot have Iran shutting the Persian Gulf. One interesting aside is because of this president's energy policy, we are no longer dependent on the oil flows out of the Persian Gulf. And uh, the beneficiaries of us keeping those sea lanes open will actually be Europe and Japan, and uh, I think uh, to a lesser degree China. But we should uh, escalate our boarding parties. We should uh, we should not allow Iranian war vessels to approach the United States Navy or other uh, international shipping because they have demonstrated their hostile intent. And if they do, we should blow them the hell out of the water. So between this story and and the New York Times and the Washington Post and the other Democrat talking heads saying that uh, Trump can't be trusted to uh, engage in America's foreign policy despite his unmitigated success in that realm and their exposure or or misinformation about our increased efforts to target Russia's energy grid, they have once again proved that they are indeed enemies of the American people. They are actively trying to undermine this president's foreign policy and his attempts to protect the United States because, you see, that is the most important thing to them. They don't give a damn about the future of the country. You can see that by the way that they're supporting these socialist Democrat candidates. What they really care about is defeating Trump and returning the Democrats to power. And if the United States has to uh, collapse economically, if the United States has to fail in its its, uh, national security objectives, well, that's just a price that the New York Times, the Washington Post, CNN, MSNBC, all the big networks, that's a price they're willing to pay. Paper of record, my ass. They are a malevolent force for for this nation. They do not want America to succeed. They want their left-wing globalist agenda to succeed. And if America has to fail in order for that to happen, they're perfectly willing for that to happen. Enemies of the American people indeed. So after we come back from the break, we're going to look into uh, Trump's interview with uh, Clinton operative posing as a uh, news reporter George Steffi Stephanopoulos in his interview of Trump where Trump uh, said that um, 
if a foreign uh, source wanted to provide information to him, he would listen and he may or may not call the FBI, depending on what that information was. The left-wing media is an absolute meltdown over this. Democrats are accusing the president of treason. Treason, I tell you. Entirely ignoring the fact that this is exactly what the Steele dossier was. Foreign source information packaged up as a... uh, uh, counterintelligence investigation. We're going to wrap up a break. You're going to hear two commercials and then we'll be right back on Right Now with Jim Dawes. I've been working at Santa's workshop for a long time and thought I'd seen it all. That was until I learned that when you add Xfinity Mobile to Xfinity Internet, you can save hundreds on your wireless bill. When you add Xfinity Mobile to Xfinity Internet, you can get a powerful Internet experience and nationwide coverage on the most reliable network. Choose the data option that's right for you. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Based on root metrics by IHS Markets Root Score reports 2H2020 of four mobile networks. Here's to the innovators, the makers, the doers, and the hustlers of D.C. With Facebook Elevate, you can grow your business, build your online presence, kickstart your career, or turn your passion of creating content into a reality. Facebook Elevate is a program that provides free digital marketing courses and one-on-one coaching from experts that can help you grow your business. Learn more at Facebook.com slash FB Elevate. Facebook Elevate. On the rise. Together. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective on the Mojo 5.0 radio network. Man, I was anxious to get back to the microphone last week when uh, this story where George Stephanopoulos, a Clinton operative, DNC operative, masquerading as a reporter, interviewed the president. Now, why the president wanted to sit down and interview with George Stephanopoulos is beyond me, but he, he never backs down from these things, and it's... I've thought long and hard about uh, what exactly he hopes to accomplish, and I think uh, what he does is he sort of trolls the media, doesn't back away from them. He engages them directly and lets them engage in their hysterics, and I think by letting them engage in their over-the-top hysterics, he exposes them as the uh, unfair partisans that they are. And, And somehow increases his own support among his base. But anyway, I'm going to play you a long clip here. This is uh, part of the interview. It, it actually went on for a couple of days. Why you would allow George Stephanopoulos that kind of access when ABC News and his uh, Sunday news show this week with George Stephanopoulos has constantly uh, attacked this president is beyond me. Normally what you would want to do is gain uh, allow access to, uh, to outlets that have treated you fairly. And Jim, you might say, there are very few of those outlets. 
Well, I would agree, but I would, I would search them out and I would promote those. But anyway, George Stephanopoulos uh, tries to frame the, the question by bringing up uh, the meeting at Trump Tower that, uh, that the left-wing media wants you to believe was somehow some uh, treasonous effort by Donald Trump Jr. to collaborate with the Russian government. Never mind the fact that uh, he didn't meet with the Russian government. He met with the Russian lobbyist, and the whole thing was a setup by the same Fusion GPS that contracted Christopher Steele to put together the Oppo research document. In fact, what it was was a frame job. It was a, a, an attempt at entrapment. And you'll notice that Robert Mueller, in his report, scrupulously avoided looking into this meeting and, and why uh, Velenitskyov, the Russian lawyer that was working for Fusion GPS, why she met with uh, Glenn Simpson, the head of Fusion GPS, before and after this meeting. It's obviously a frame job. But they, they never referred to that. They, nobody ever dug into the origins or how this meeting came to, uh, to be, including Robert Mueller. And when the, uh, the media refer to it, they just pretend that this was, in fact, an effort by Russia to uh, sway the Trump campaign when it was, in fact, nothing of the sort. It was another one of these attempted entrapments, the same as when they, uh, they uh, entrapped George Papadopoulos, the same when uh, Felix Sater attempted to entrap Michael Cohen with uh, prospects of a Trump Tower in Moscow, Someday, someday, the true history of all of this is going to be written, and uh, and it is going to uh, receive its due as the greatest scandal, political scandal in the history of the United States. But here's this uh, this clip with Stephanopoulos, where they uh, the one that they have claimed is uh, Trump saying that he would in fact collude with a foreign government. Stunning admission about the prospect of accepting help from a foreign power in 2020. Campaign this time around, if foreigners, if Russia, if China, if someone else offers you information on an opponent, should they accept it or should they call the FBI? I think maybe you do both. I think you might want to listen. I don't, there's nothing wrong with listening. If somebody called from a country, Norway, we have information on your opponent. Oh. I think I'd want to hear it. Do you want that kind of interference in our elections? It's not an interference. They have information. I think I'd take it. If I thought there was something wrong, I'd go maybe to the FBI if I thought there was something wrong. But when somebody comes up with oppo research, right, they come up with oppo research. Oh, let's call the FBI. The FBI doesn't have enough agents to take care of it. But you go and talk honestly to congressmen. They all do it. They always have. And that's the way it is. It's called oppo research. Now, if... Anybody, foreign or, um, you know, American, gives you information, you're not going to say, well, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to listen to that. You're definitely going to hear, uh, hear it. And if it involves wrongdoing by your opponent, you would definitely report it to the FBI. And the, and the president said that in his answer to the question. 
it wasn't nearly as uh, uh, explosive as uh, mainstream media tried to convince you that it was. But that didn't stop them from trying to portray this as Trump saying that he would collude with a foreign government and that this was absolutely barred by law, no such thing. So here's just a sampling of the Democrat reaction to the, the Trump statement. Accepting assistance from a hostile foreign power like Russia is treasonous behavior. What Donald Trump- okay, that was, uh, that was that, uh, that House member on the Judiciary Committee. I can't remember his name, but he's, uh, he's from, uh, from New Jersey. He's saying that accepting assistance from a foreign power is treasonous. Well, it's very interesting that he hasn't uh, said that about the Clinton campaign and the Democrat National Committee that, in fact, paid a foreign spy to collect disinformation from Russian intelligence sources during the 2016 campaign. Of course, that is the notorious Steele dossier. He didn't have anything to say about that actual coordination with, uh, with uh, Russian intelligence agencies. The former head of the FSB, the successor to the KGB, provided a lot of that disinformation that Steele put in that dossier. That's just water under the bridge. They're not interested in that at all. Trump said that he might listen to the disinformation or to information from foreign sources. And if it warranted, he would go to the FBI with it. And that, according to these idiots, is treason. Donald Trump said is un-American, unpatriotic, and unbelievable. That was Ted Lieu. Unacceptable, unpatriotic. So why didn't you have anything to say about Hillary Clinton engaging in that kind of activity and worse? Not a word. Trump answers a hypothetical question. Would you accept information? Well, I would listen to it if it if it uh, was uh, necessary. I'd take it to the FBI. Here's this uh, this lunatic uh, Cohen, Steve Cohen, the representative from Memphis. Those people should hang their heads in shame for putting this clown in Congress. It's so wacko. You'd think, you know, last week it was go to the Mars and forget the moon. A month ago it was go to the moon. He ought to go to the moon. Ralph Cramden ought to send him and not Audrey Meadows. Well, I've got to admit that's a little bit funny. Steve Cohen is a clown who doesn't have walking around sense. The fact that the people of a good uh, city of Memphis, Tennessee, would send that lunatic to represent them in Congress should be ashamed. More of this clip. I think... President's answer to George Stephanopoulos yesterday underscores the importance of moving forward with impeachment. <laughs> That's Beto O'Rourke. He can't hardly get the words out of his mouth without stumbling. Because they know that uh, if they impeach this president, it's going to ensure his reelection. So they're playing with fire. But Beto says that uh, because President Trump answered a hypothetical question that he might listen to information from a foreign power and he may, if warranted, take that information to the FBI that that's treason and we got to impeach him. Again, these people are so lack so self-awareness, lack any proportion of hypocrisy. They spent the last two and a half years in a witch hunt against this president based on foreign 
interference in the election by Christopher Steele packaging up disinformation from from Russian intelligence sources. They have not a word to say about that, but you let the president say he might listen and he might take it to the FBI and they have an absolute meltdown of moving forward with impeachment. Everybody in the country should be totally appalled by what the president said last night. Everybody in the country should be totally appalled. Nervous Nancy. Nervous Nancy is appalled. Nervous Nancy had nothing whatsoever to say about Hillary Clinton providing opposition research to the Department of Justice and the CIA and the FBI and them using it to try to overturn a duly elected president. She wasn't appalled by that. She's just fine with that. So if you thought the Democrats melted down over Trump's statement, you ought to hear what the uh, talking heads in the media had to say. He is a traitor to the pillars of our democracy. A traitor to the pillars of our democracy. And Hillary Clinton should have been elected president. He's a traitor. New York Times and the Washington Post publishing um, activities of our military in order to try to uh, counteract a, a Russian threat. Oh, that's not treason. Undermining the president's efforts to protect our forces in the Persian Gulf. Oh, that's not treason. Trump, though, saying that he might listen to information from a foreign government. That's treason. That's what that interview shows. What Donald Trump just did was the founding father's worst nightmare. I've run out of uh, adjectives uh, to, to react, to describe the reaction to this. If any other president had said anything resembling this, you know, uh, Republicans in Congress would have understandably, uh, you know, called him a traitor. I, it is unthinkable what he said. It, it, it disintegrates at the very core of what our democracy is about. This is the definition of collusion. I think it is treason. The definition of collusion to listen to information from wherever it comes from. What they try to say is this is, uh, this is illegal because it is something of value. It is no such thing. Listening to information is is just how you go about your business in the world. And the president talks to foreign powers all the time. If he had to report everything he heard to the FBI, there would be no end to it. Here is uh, here is James Clapper, the talking head, the former head uh, of the uh, intelligence director's office, who is now a paid talking head for CNN, trashing the president. Well, it certainly isn't, Anderson. And, uh, you know, I've run out of uh, adjectives uh, to to react, to describe the reaction to this. You know, incredible, amazing, I think stunning and disturbing uh, that the president would uh, advocate the the use of uh, accepting uh, information provided by a foreign uh, country, notably... Oh, my God. Clapper and Brennan and Comey actually took opposition research gathered from foreign sources and turned it into a counterintelligence investigation, ginned it up into a criminal investigation that spawned a a two-and-a-half-year effort to unseat this president, used it to get FISA warrants to spy on the opposing party's presidential campaign, but now Clapper is clutching his pearls 
and is shocked that Trump would listen to any of this. Foreign adversary, and in doing so, completely overlooking the fact that this could well be, probably would be, disinformation. In other words, did he really say that? It could well be disinformation. Well, no stuff, Sherlock. It very well could be disinformation. And that's why you would have to try to verify its authenticity, which y'all made no effort whatsoever to do with the disinformation from Russia provided by Christopher Steele that y'all took into the the, uh, intelligence and law enforcement agencies and weaponized in a political vendetta against this president. This could pro- well be, probably would be, disinformation. In other words, completely phony. And, and uh, to uh, endorse that, and then in doing so, endorse, uh, undercut the the FBI and uh, and its director. I just it's just in, in, incredible, and I, I can't get over the duplicity of it. He can't get over the duplicity of it. He, in fact, was one of the key operatives that took foreign disinformation generated by a political campaign and weaponized it against a, uh, a duly elected president. But now this duly elected president says he would listen and, if necessary, take the information to the FBI. Oh, man, that clapper just run out of adjectives to describe it. Uh, here are all the criticism about the, the uh, infamous dossier. And, uh, you know, you can't use it because it's not it's not valid. You can't accept it. Uh, that's uh, and then in this case, well, and, you know, it's OK. And we're looking to the future here. We're not we're not talking about the past. So I think Clapper right there just sort of uh, made a uh, tacit recognition of the hypocrisy of all of this. And, you know, maybe Trump is crazy like a fox. I, I don't think he should have ever given Stephanopoulos an interview to begin with. I think he should have been more um, expansive in his explanation that you take information where it comes from, what you do with it is what uh, what is important. Just unbelievable. Adam Schiff, the Democrat chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, he came out and tweeted that the president was guilty of treason, that this is astounding and... and uh, Um, just, you know, treasonous. Never mind, the same Adam Schiff is on record soliciting information from what he thought to be at the time high-placed Russians. Now, in fact, these uh, these people uh, were uh, pranksters, Russian pranksters, but uh, it showed they tape recorded the call, and it showed that they were uh, that Adam Schiff was perfectly willing to take information from foreign sources if he thought he could hurt Trump with it. And then he turns right around a year and a half later, says that very ca- kind of activity constitutes treason. Here's Adam Schiff being pranked by these Russian comedians. Hi, how are you? Hello, Mr. Schiff. Thank you for your time. Uh, thank you, Chairman. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to speak with you. I know that you work for investigation regarding Trump and Russian government. Yes. We know some important information about it. 
Uh, and that, uh, that uh, is documented as well in materials you want to provide to us? Yes. Could I explain you where we are? Yes, of course. But, you know, again, I would just caution that uh, uh, our Russian friends may be listening to the conversation, so I wouldn't share anything over the phone that you don't want them to hear. No, I don't think that it will impact on our investigation. Yes. Well, uh, please, go ahead then. In November 2013, Mr. Trump visited Moscow. He visited uh, competition Miss Universe, and there he met uh, with the Russian journalist and celebrity Ksenia Sovchak. Uh, I'm sorry, can you explain that again? Uh, while he was in Moscow in November 2013, he met... So this goes on and on. That call goes on for almost 10 minutes. So Adam Schiff was uh, soliciting, willing to accept dirt on the president from uh, foreign sources while he was the ranking member of the House Intelligence Committee. But now that all of that has been suppressed by the mainstream media, he is perfectly willing to call this president a traitor for daring to do or saying that he might do what Adam Schiff is actually on tape doing himself. And Mark Warner, the ranking member of the Senate Intelligence Committee, they've got a long thread of emails of him soliciting dirt from a a Russian oligarch that's uh, said to be connected with Vladimir Putin. Of course, you know, everybody that's Russian is now part of the Kremlin, according to the Democrats. So by that standard, Mark Warner himself is guilty of this very same thing, and yet he is out there on Twitter and on the, on these cable news outlets accusing this president of committing treason for saying that he might do what we have Mark Warner on record doing himself. <laughs> Man, you know, you could only get away with this kind of stuff when when uh, you've got a compliant media that is running interference with you. We don't have a, a media that is concerned with objective truth in this country anymore. We've got a media that is a, a disinformation propaganda um, arm of the Democrat Party. They ignore facts that are inconvenient that might hurt the Democrat Party. And they will lie to no end in order to hurt the Republican Party. Mm-mm-mm. I don't know, you know where to stop. The, the left's hypocrisy on this issue just knows no bounds. Their selective outrage has been on full display all of last week. I'm hoping that the American people are smart enough to recognize this hypocrisy for what it is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spare you the, the clip of John Brennan reacting to this because John Brennan is a, a, a communist Manchurian um, operative. He was Barack Obama's CIA director and used his position to spy on political opponents, to undermine a campaign, to interfere in a campaign, to mobilize foreign intelligence agencies against this president. And it's coming out that, um, you know, the whole basis of this, uh, this Russiagate hoax, it's turned out to be a complete lie. And what I'm talking about is the report 
that the Democrat National Committee was hacked by Russia. Now, I've said for a long time, and uh, quoted Bill Benny as citing that the the hack, as they describe it, is physically impossible. The transfer rate of this information could only have been conducted by a thumb drive or other local uh, storage device. It could not have been transmitted over the Internet through a hack. Well, it turns out, I'm going to cite uh, a story in the Gateway Pundit here, that the DOJ recently informed in a court filing in response to Roger Stone's uh, case, he, he, um, he filed a motion to compel an unredacted CrowdStrike report. And you might remember CrowdStrike was the DNC's contractor that's, that uh, reported that this was a, a hack. In fact, the Department of Justice and the FBI never did a forensic examination of the De- Democrat National Committee servers. So Roger Stone goes into court, and he wants a, an unredacted copy of this CrowdStrike report that Robert Mueller and the FBI relied on to determine that this was a hack. Well, it turns out, surprise, surprise, the FBI never actually even had a full unredacted copy of this CrowdStrike report. They go on to quote, by May 2016, the DNC and the Democrat Congressional Campaign Committee became aware that their computer systems had been compromised by intrusions and they hired the cybersecurity company CrowdStrike to identify the extent of the intrusions and mitigate the threat. You'll recall that they never, in fact, shut down the DNC servers because they knew it wasn't a hack. It it happened locally and they they, uh, secured it locally. Former FBI Director James Comey testified that the FBI asked the DNC for the compromised servers several times and that the DNC refused to turn them over. Instead of subpoenaing and taking the servers, Comey agreed with the DNC that CrowdStrike, the DNC's contractor, would investigate the so-called hack and and, uh, issue a report. So according to this court filing in the Roger Stone case, copies of these reports were subsequently produced voluntarily to the government by counsel for the DNC and the Democrat Congressional Campaign Committee. At the time of this voluntary production, counsel for the DNC told the government that the redacted material concerned step take, steps taken to remediate the attack and to harden the DNC and the DCC against future attack. Did the FBI ask to look at these redactions? Nope. Nope. The FBI just trusted the DNC lawyers that there was nothing relevant behind the redactions. According to counsel, no redacted information concerned the attribution of the attack by the Russian actors. Well, how do they know if they don't look at it? So there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Not only did the Democrat or did the FBI and uh, Mueller not examine the DNC servers, they didn't even ask for a full unredacted version of CrowdStrike's report. They just took it for granted. And if any intrepid reporter ever gets to the bottom of the actual leak, not a hack, a leak of the DNC emails, 
they're going to find that a young um, IT worker from Iowa was the source of these leaks, and that uh, that young man met a tragic end on the streets of uh, D.C., and that's one of the biggest things that uh, the Mueller report was designed to cover up. Whatever happened to Seth Rich? Who really killed Seth Rich? You notice they're not even concerned about getting to the bottom of who killed Seth Rich. There's about $120,000 of reward out there for some uh, hood rat snitch that has not come forward. But they're turning a blind eye to it because (laughs) supposedly to do uh, otherwise would hurt the feelings of his family. Really quite amazing. Well, we're, we're about to run out of time, and I've got one more story to share with you. So Jim Acosta has published this book, Enemy of the People. And I think it's been out about uh, three weeks now. It's, uh, it's his telling of uh, his heroic efforts to stand up to the Trump administration. Well, it's listed as 268 on Amazon. <laughs> And they have deeply discounted it already. 40% off. Sarah Sanders is leaving the White House. She did an absolutely outstanding job as secretary, and she's going to be deeply missed. The left-wing media is trying to pretend that they hounded her out of town when, in fact, you know, it's a very trying uh, job, and she uh, is going to return to Arkansas to take care of her family, and I don't blame her. They ought not to re-implement these uh, daily press briefings. They ought to give them uh, one press briefing a week and a daily uh, summary with bullet points of uh, what's been you know, going on from the administration's position. On tomorrow's show, we're going to dig deep into this myth that's being exposed that uh, these tariffs on China are hurting American consumers. Turns out nothing could be further from the truth. They are, in fact, doing exactly what they were designed to do and that it's hurt the Chinese economy. So, missed so much news last week. We're going to try to catch up uh, on it uh, throughout this week and bring you the news stories of the day as well. I want to thank you for joining us and urge you to come back here again tomorrow for another edition of Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Take care, folks. We'll talk to you later. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What you doing? Trying on glasses with Zenny's 3D Virtual Try-On. Wait, are those the actual prices? I say get all of them. Seriously, why not, right? Oh, now I want new glasses. Zenny.com. Quality prescription glasses starting at $6.95.